sisters, this is Pastor D. Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. We want to welcome you back to the Promise of Our Father podcast. We want to thank God for all the great things that is taking place in the earthly realm through the ministry of spiritual cuts, through our leaders that is doing the work of the ministry and edifying the body of Christ and teaching on the words of eternal life. I want to welcome you back, and I want to thank each and every one of you, and I am so proud of the team that God is building through the disciples that God is making through the teaching of Christ. And we just want to thank God, and we got some ways to go because we want to thank God because we're going to get to where we're going in this message, and this is going to be the conclusion of the other two episodes that we spoke on in the last couple of weeks. So I want to, without further ado, just get right into it. And I'm going to start by reading Philippians chapter 2. And it reads, Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no repetition, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. And I want to title this like I did before, being in the form of God is powerful, part three, or the conclusion of the matter. Being in the form of God is powerful. And as we all, like we said the last time in the offset, being in the form of appearance of a particular person or character is amazing because you are dressing up in that exact form as the exact appearance of that exact person. Huh? So you have to portray this particular characteristic of that person or that individual to become the characteristic or to have the characteristic traits of that person or individual. So you're more like an imitator of who God called you to be when you're imitating his son Christ. Because Christ is the first image or the firstborn of the invisible God who had the image of God in his person. So that's why when Christ came huh, down through 42 generations, see, look what happened. He was made without hands. But when the Holy Spirit was made flesh and it came into the earth, it was made with hands. So therefore, the one that came in the image of God as the invisible God in a body, huh, form or bodily form was God actually in the flesh, but all flesh ain't the same flesh. But when he came through 42 generations in the flesh, when the word was made it, huh, he came through a woman to become what God called it to be in the flesh. And all that has its significance and all that has its purpose. And we all spoke and we thought on these things one time or another. But I just want you to know that the being in the, per, in the, in the persona of an individual, huh? there's a lot of work if you're imitating that individual. But I love what Christ has taught us. He has given us a format 
a formula that we can use the father to become what he even was way in the beginning when God created the heavens and the earth. Now that's amazing to me because God is using us in a in a such a powerful way in this disposition of time, and we have to realize who we are in God, not what man say what God say we are, but you have to study to show yourself approval unto God, not man to know who you are in God. So we titled this, uh, I want you to realize we titled this being in the form of the appearance of God is powerful. By now, through this teaching in these semantics presentation, you should realize who you are, where God called you to be. Because sometimes it can take all our lifetime to become who we are called to be, especially when we don't have the correct format. Huh? Or the, the, or the correct instructions that was given through us, through Christ, through his teaching from God. So now, when we are teaching here at the Spiritual Cuts Ministry, we are teaching from the perspective of what God says, Christ says, what God is saying. So if you can't comprehend or understand these messages, maybe you need to get back with God and, huh, and, and, and separate yourself from what you are being taught. Because there's a lot of stuff going on out there, my brothers and sisters, and I can guarantee you the majority of it ain't of God, although they are using the word of God to make it seem so. And I just want you to know, last week we talked from out of 1 Corinthians 16, and he says, uh, who, has, who has known the mind of God, that he or she can instruct him? But we who are, who are, but we who are filled with the, the authority and the power of the Spirit of God has the mind of Christ. This is heavy because you have to understand, if you are filled with the Spirit of God, you are not in the flesh. If you're born of God and you have no sin in you, you are not in the flesh. In Romans 8 verse 10, it says that, uh, he says, uh, the body is dead because of sin if Christ be in you. Because the body that raised Jesus and the body that raised Christ from the dead, if that spirit of that body is abiding in you, you have no sin in you, and you have come into or brought in, have been brought into immortality. So, who has known God or has known the mind of God that we could instruct him, but we are filled with the power of the authority of God's glory, and we have the power of the spirit of the mind of Christ through God. Hmm? So I want you to realize that the carnal mind cannot teach you things that is of God. And there are so many carnally teaching individuals that are out there that are teaching from the carnality of their spirit or of their body or of their speech. And they're thinking they're in the spirit. 
Most leaders and most teachers and most individuals who instruct or teach the Bible or teach the Word of God or consider themselves as a spiritual leader, they don't even know whether they are in the flesh or in the spirit when they're teaching. The Spirit of God is not about a feeling. It's about the knowledge of knowing how you got there and understanding how you receive what God gives you when you walk in the spirit of Him and the promise of our Father and not walk in the flesh. Because you get goosebumps and it sounds good and you are you are a great oracle or you can speak intelligent or you an intellectual and you can speak and, and, and use huh, verbiage that impress people. See, I'm not trying to impress God because he know I'm the farthest thing to set you and try to impress him. He says, if you can stutter. Brother D or Pastor D and speak the words of eternal life. I'd rather hear what you have to say than to hear all this fancy teaching and fancy preaching and hopping around and jumping around because they said something that touched your feeling but never touched your spirit. So I'm trying to get to this place so I want you to know that there are some people that are still on milk and not on solid food. And the reason most people can't, huh, can't, can't, can't digest what we are teaching because they regurgitate this meat that we are teaching because it's too heavy. It is cooked too well. Huh? They're used to milk. But this meat that God or solid food that God is teaching us through his son Christ needs to be digested. It needs to chew a little bit or chewed on before you swallow it. And most people can't get past the chew. I got to get out of that because I got some ways to go. But I want you to know that God is our teacher and we are learned by God and taught by God. But Christ is our only teacher. So for all my leaders out there who's going to hear this message, you have to sometimes put yourself in the place, in the image of the appearance of Christ, if you have the mind of Christ to be in God. Because being in the form of God and being in the form of Christ is powerful. It takes you to another dimension and it takes you to another place. It leaves that elementary teaching and doctrines of Jesus Christ's teaching and it allows for you to walk in the authority of the teaching of Christ in Matthew 23 verse 8. He is our only teacher. I don't care how great you may think your teacher or your pastor or your spiritual church leader or your bishop or whoever you call it, whosoever moved church. I don't, may, I don't care how you I think they may be teaching you, but if they are not edifying the body of Christ, they are just giving you a message to tie into what the scriptures is saying, but they are not giving you the revelation knowledge of what God taught Christ to teach us who has the knowledge of God in Christ. This is how you know that you have eternal life in, in John 17, verse 2 and 3. He says that they may know that they have eternal life life through the only true God and the only true son of God. So you have to know what you have to know in order to be what God called you to be in order to walk in the form that he called you in. 
We spoke a little bit about the transfer porter, the transfer porter, huh? Where college players are now, huh? They're relinquishing where they're at to go to a better place or a better spot to try to make themselves better in their position or give themselves an opportunity to become better or even accelerate to a place they've never been before, huh? Because they join or they enter into the transfer porter. Well, there's a lot of Christians and believers out there that needs to enter into the transfer portal. Let this mind that be in Christ also be in you. So is a man or a woman think it, so is he or she. So if you think when you die, this is part of what your ministry is, you already think what you already thought, what you want to be. But God says, I have no pleasure in those who think that they have to die because I'm not the one who have care or even desire that anyone should die. Not even my enemies. I don't want them to die. So God says I'm giving you a new heart, a new mind, and a new spirit. He says enter into the transfer porter. Where my Christ, where my son Christ Jesus is at. Hmm? So I want you to realize there's so much they're teaching out there. Huh? That you need to present your body as a living sacrifice. That's the transfer portal. That you should give yourself a better opportunity than what you've been taught and being teach about when you die or tomorrow is not promised. See, that is an easy concept to believe in because that's all we see all day long. But to believe in something you cannot see because when Thomas had to touch the body that was made without hands that came through the six inch doors that was shut, he told Thomas, he said, blessed are you, Thomas, because you see this body. But those who have never seen, blessed is he or she who have never seen the glory come through the six inch doors that was shut and they ate with you and he ate with them honeycomb. And he says, flesh and bone. Y'all gonna hear this again? He says, flesh and bones. Does not, a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. But they believe in what they see, but they can't comprehend what they can't perceive. When you can't comprehend what you can't perceive, that means you have to see it in order to comprehend it, to perceive it. But the spirit of him and the promise of our father trying to get us into another place. So Christ was telling me to let you know it is time here in 2024 that many believers and Christians and saints of God and spiritual church leaders need to enter into the transfer the transfer portal. Huh? Through the Son of God, I beseech you, my brethren, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is your reasonable service unto God. But so many people are presenting themselves to a ceremony at the church. They're presenting themselves at a ceremony at the building. 
And I'm not against the church or the building or where people have their ceremony and worship God. I'm against what they're teaching and not teaching because they're not teaching on the edification of the body and the enemy don't care how much word you have in you. If he know that you ain't paying attention to the thing that Christ coming back for, which is his church, which is the body, he says that you can keep on keeping it on and teach on the way you're teaching on and you can have a thousand in your presence and you can sit there thinking you're worshiping but if you are not edifying the body but you're edifying the houses and the cars and the blessings that God is going to give you but I want to say this and I'm going to get out of this here. We here at the Spiritual Cuts Ministry when we wake up in the morning we already know that God supplies all our needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. See you have to have the glory to receive his riches. If you don't have the glory it's more likely you won't get to see what his riches is. Because the fact of the, the, fact of the matter is everybody want God to do something yeah God promised to give us what he said. He give us power to get wealth. Well the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. See you don't understand the wealth of the wicked. Is laid up for the just because the wicked is trying to get what the just is laid up for. See, we are laid up for eternal life, and the just don't know it because they're looking for wealth from out of a material thing. So you got to get out of this mentality thinking that, you know, that's always. See, we already know here that God is supplying our needs because he give us eternal life that he promised. That is the greatest need you can ever receive from the spirit of God and through his son Christ. I got to get out of all that. Yeah, when you die. When you die, they come out there at that global ministry teaching when you die, it's preposterous and contrary of real contrary teaching, utterly absurd, ridiculous teaching. Huh? When God says, cast away all your transgression. Get yourself a new heart, a new mind, and a new spirit. Huh? I have no pleasure in the death of the one who died. See, there's a lot of things that is not being taught, but there's a lot of things being said that is not of God. That is being taught. So in Luke 24, when Christ came through the doors that were shut and he told the disciples, look, check this out. I need you to touch me. Check me out real quick. And, and after Christ appeared to the disciples in the body that was made without hands through God's eternal spirit and his eternal glory, he commanded his, di his disciples to touch his body, the eternal body. Hey, glory. When you know you have the eternal body of God and you understand the process, you can comprehend what he said in Luke 24, 39. He said, behold my feet, huh? behold my hands. He said, check it out. Look at this here. This is I myself. See, touch me, hold me, put your hands on me. And Christ said, I am in another form. 
I need you to understand that Christ was in another form when he came through the doors that was shut and he asked them to touch him. And Christ's father teaches his disciples the purpose being in another form. In, huh? in, 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 in Luke chapter 24, verse 44, he said, And Christ said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, teaching you the kingdom of God, the glory of God, that all these things things must be fulfilled which were written in the book of the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. Now I want you to really catch this here because he said I need you to comprehend what I'm teaching because just like we are teaching from out of the prophets. Watch out Daniel. I'm teaching from out of the book of Moses. Watch out Moses. Huh? I'm teaching from the book of the Psalms. Huh? Watch out Psalms. So why when we teach this here most people don't want to hear it because it's too heavy. It's too much of food. It's too rich for the body that is made to go down to the pit but for the body that is made to wait for the spirit of him and the promise of our father to come back for as his church. This is great food, great supplement for the body that is made without hands that he created on the sixth day that we are operating in. That same body Thomas was in, the same body Thomas touched and had doubt about. We are not doubting about what Thomas touched. We are actually operating from out of that body. So he was in another form. And he says, my teachings come from out of the prophets. The Psalms concerning himself to fulfill the words of eternal life. You hear what I'm saying? Most people don't want to understand what Christ is teaching because they want to understand what the man is saying or the pastor or the preacher is saying about what the scriptures are saying about Jesus. And as long as you're a minister and you're a leader and you're teaching your members only about Jesus Christ, let me tell you something. You can't go into the furtherance of the gospel of the kingdom of God. Because you have to understand where Christ has taken over the body of Jesus, and now it is really Christ Jesus. You should be praying in the name of Christ Jesus. I know the scriptures say that we all should pray in Jesus' name. But let me tell you something. That's when the fulfillment of the promise of God's glory had came upon Jesus. Because now you have to understand Jesus is now the Christ. If you're congregation and your members understand that process, you are right when you say in the name of Jesus Christ. But if you are saying in the name of Jesus, these people don't even know where Jesus come from half of the time. Come on. Because the fact of the matter, see, when the word was made flesh, it was named Jesus. But you have to understand, when God created the heavens and the earth, he took his word and made the earth out of flesh and called it the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit had flesh before it was named Jesus. I got to get out of that. Ephesians 2, it says, and he made alive we who are dead in our transgressions or trans." trespasses and sins in which you will walk according to the, huh, the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of this world. 
huh? The prince of the power of the air, excuse me, the spirit who now works in the sons and the daughters of disobedience. So we have to realize that when God created Adam from the dust of the ground, he didn't create Eve. He didn't make the Lord God, excuse me, when the Lord God made Eve from the, I mean, the Lord God made Adam from the dust of the ground. He didn't make Eve from the dust of the ground. Christ breathed into that body. And when that body became the body of Adam, he named, it was now inserted the body that was made without hands in the image of God as a male and a female. So he breathed the 46 chromosomes into the body that was from the dust. So Eve was never from the dust. She was already, she was always from the body that was made without hands that God created in his image out of his spirit. So when he took a rib from out of the man, he was really taking himself from out of the body that was from the dust. But the dust didn't have that body. The dust had the body that he made from the dust. Because dust, it shall return, and dust is where it came from, so it has to go back. Oh, I got to get out of that. But let me tell you something. Most people don't understand these concepts, but it releases you from the erroneous teaching that is out there. So let me see where I can keep going at. So Christ breathed into the female, into the dust. Huh? He formed from the ground. And afterward, he abstracted, huh? He separated Eve or the female from the body that was formed from the dust. And then he made, see, he didn't form Eve. He made Eve and shaped Eve, huh? From out of the image. He didn't have to put his hands on Eve when he gave them to Adam as a wife. All he had to do was speak it into existence because he was performing what his daddy performed in Genesis 1-1. And, the, and, the, and God created the heavens and the earth. So he created Eve through what he spoke. Whoa, because in Colossians 1, 12, he was the invisible God, huh? He was the image of the invisible God. In order for him to be the image of the invisible God, he had to speak like God spoke to produce Eve to become what she was in that body. He abstracts from out of the rib of Adam so she can be not from the dust, but from the spirit. And that's why he was able to say, Hey, I got to get out of that. He was able to say, look what he said. He says, she is the mother of all living. Come on. I did all that just to get to this point. But he was inserted and abstracted from the dust that was formed. Huh? He was never from the dust. She was received from out of the dust as a real and was created out of the son who was in the image of the invisible God. So now you got to watch out for the prince of the power of the air because that can take on a new meaning. And I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, I want you to know, huh? I want you to know, I don't know if I'm still recording, but I want you to know that God is doing something so powerful in the ministry. You hear what I'm saying? So God wants us to be in the place where he called us to be because God called us to be in this place where we should be at. So now I want you to realize that we're going to have a two-part here because it looked like something hit something and did something it shouldn't have hit. 
But we're going to continue and see where we at in the ministry. But I want you to realize that God is manifesting his glory. So the, the prince of the power of the air is trying to take over the dust. Because it's kicking up dust that is in the air and the, and the church is breathing dust because they're still walking in the flesh. But when you are walking in the spirit, the dust cannot get in you because you've been breathed into your nostrils through Christ. Christ had breathed on us when he came through the six inch doors and he told the disciples, check this out. I'm not who you think I am, but I am who my father called me to be. So he breathed on me. He says, as the father has sent you, I has sent me, I send you. So now Christ is being who God called him to be because he is the invisible God, the image of the invisible God. So, so many times people don't even realize that where God is taking us to, most people can't go because they don't understand who God is. So Christ is teaching us how to walk in the spirit of him and the promise of our father. And now we're going to continue by letting God be God all by himself through the teaching of the knowledge of the glory. So as God continue to teach on the knowledge of the glory, we're going to continue to move on, move on where we are going. So you got to be careful of the prince of the power of the air. They are working in the sons and the daughters of disobedience. Now, let me tell you what he's talking about. When the commercial or infomercial can come on and say, when you die, and got all types of followers to follow that and believe that, that is the sons and the daughters of disobedience who is operating and being instructed through the prince of the power of the air. And I just want to move because I got so many places to go. So Christ said again, huh? peace be to you. When he breathed on us, when he, when he breathed immortality on us, he says, as my father sent me, I send you. What does that mean? And how could you comprehend that if you were sitting there saying, when you die? When the spirit of God in the word of God says, and Christ shall abide forever. So if how he's sending you, you should abide in the way he sent you. Not come up with a commercial and say, when you die, you got to be careful for the prince of the power of the air. I want to get to this place where God called us because the first Adam became a living being and the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. The spiritual is not first, but the natural and afterward the spirit. The first Adam was of the earth, made from the dust. The second man, the Lord, was thrown from heaven. And that's what most people don't realize, where Christ and Adam came from. Hmm? That's why people are still working in Adam. See, Christ came as the second Adam, a life-giving spirit. But the first Adam Huh? Was an illustration of Jesus being in the flesh as Adam. So the second Adam received what the first Adam denied. 
The first Adam denied the power in the teaching of Christ, but the second Adam, who is Jesus, who is now the Christ, received the life-giving spirit. Okay. And he came through the doors that were shut in the form, in the likeness of Jesus, but he was in the form and in the image of God through Christ. I'm going to get out of that because I got to go where I'm trying to get to. And as we was born in the image of the man of the dust, uh, we also bear the image of the man of the heavenly. See, we're dealing with the body. See, you need to know this. When Jesus was baptized in Luke 321, Christ had to train Jesus how to walk in the newness of life, the new body, putting on the new man and the new woman that was created after God. See, Jesus had to learn how to walk in the new man that was made without hands. And if the church don't teach on the body that is made without hands and teach the soul, teach the, 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 the sons and the daughters how to walk in this body, they could never receive what God promised. Mm. They always deny. If Jesus had to go through the training for 40 days in the wilderness, how more much we have to do the same thing in the wilderness. It took us 40 years. At least I can speak for myself. It took me 40 to 50 years to get to where I'm at to comprehend what the school, and they are still teaching the same Jesus hmm, that was in the wilderness. And Jesus' ministry in Luke 321 was ended when the spirit of him that came down in the bodily form, huh? And God said, this is my son, my beloved son in who I'm well pleased. Jesus' ministry was over. But I'm going to get out of that. So let's continue. We need training from Christ. We really do. We need training from Christ. Just as Jesus did. And you can't keep teaching Jesus to be God if Jesus had to go to Christ to get to him. You have to at least realize the one brought him to God was the one in charge to get him there. And if you'll continue this teaching on Jesus, your ministry going to always be in a stalemate or what they call a checkmate place because you're going to be in a stale position and your church will never grow or never move. See, you can have huh, a bump or a pus in the sore or a pus in the blister and you know something? The blister is big, but it's pus. And the church has so much of pus in it, they got a lot of members and they got a lot of uh, congregation throughout the world and throughout the ministry, but it's a lot of pus. They ain't learning nothing. They got their infection. They got an infection going on in the body. Because no one won't speak against the pus or the infection. But the words of eternal life. Brings you into another place in God. And it has everything in you need. He said, I sent my word of eternal life. Where shall we go, Father? You have the words of eternal life. He sent his word to heal them. Wasn't just any word he sent to heal them, my brothers. It was the words of eternal life. Has everything in it that you need. 
the spirit of God and the spirit of Christ? Huh? Are you down with the, taking advantage of the spirit of God and the spirit of Christ? Being in the form of God is a powerful thing. Is a powerful concept. But if Christians and believers and if the saints of God and spiritual church leaders continue to go around teaching and telling others that we all have to die and tomorrow's not promised, we're always going to continue to be in this place where we see death seems like it's in charge or in control. Let me tell you something out there. If this is your first time hearing this message or this is your first time hearing us at the Spiritual Cuts Ministry, death ain't got no power in the earth. People giving death the power who want to follow death. But those who follow the spirit of him and the promise of our father, they don't, they don't let death control their environment. There's too many churches at funerals. There's too many churches huh, in the congregation. All they speak on either before they leave and before they get there or even in their mind. All they talk about is how death is ruining in the earth. The devil is alive. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. Christ give us power in Luke chapter 10, 19, and in 1 Corinthians 26, he give us power over death. And the last enemy to be destroyed is the power you have in the earth. And the church needs to start teaching that, not with no commercial or infomercial coming on in 2024 saying, when you die. What kind of teacher are you, joker? Oh, I wish I could talk to you. Huh? I don't care who you are. That is irritating. When you die, and you got a group of people or a class of people, or matter of fact, the scripture says like this, and even the elect of God will be deceived. Come on. And death just riding in his Cadillac. And he's just riding, seeking, huh? And who he can devour. And you got leaders out there teaching this death thing. What would it be like if we would change our teaching from death to eternal life? What, just, just imagine that, leaders out there, when you die. What if you would say, when you live forever? What if you teach on eternal life? The, the reason is a lot of churches is not teaching on eternal life because they can't comprehend what Christ was teaching from out of the Psalms and the, and, the law, and the book of the law of Moses and the prophets. Huh? They can't teach on something they can't comprehend. That's why they rather teach on what they have. They give you this little watered-down message, and you go home thinking you got a message that has plenty of water. And all y'all are drowning in a tub full of water because the fact of the matter can't none of y'all can even tread a tub full of water, and you just drowning with this foolishness. I got to get out of that. Being in the form of God is powerful. 
But scriptures tell us, we tell us in John 5.37, oh, I'm getting somewhere now. In John 5.37, let me tell you something. He said, remember Christ's teaching in, in, in John 5.37, he says, and the Father himself who sent Christ has testified of Christ. Huh? He, you, he says, you have neither heard his voice at any time, nor have you seen his form. We're going to get into that at the end. You have neither heard his voice at any time, nor has you seen his form. This is a powerful statement that Christ makes to the unbelievers. Huh? Why? Because God's voice is his form. Come on. In Genesis 1, 1, huh? God's, God's voice created the heavens and the earth in the beginning. God's voice formed the heavens and the earth from out of who he is as God from the form of his spirit. So in essence, the earth hears the voice of God, which is the terrestrial yeah. and the heavens hear the voice of God, which is the celestial. Now you have to understand that the terrestrial in 1 Corinthians 15, 40, there is a celestial body that has glory, and that is the terrestrial body that has glory. But the glory in the celestial is one, and the glory in the terrestrial in terrestrial is another. And the reason the one is one, and the reason the one is another is because of this reason I explained earlier. The, the celestial has the body of God and the image of the invisible God who is Christ. These are one. But the terrestrial is another because it came from the earth and the Holy Spirit that is the earth that he made. He take that one and gave it flesh. So that is another. But it's all in glory. Huh? That God created in his image and in his own likeness, who is Christ and his son, the Holy Spirit, who knows God's form and hears God's voice as his sheep. Why? Because God said, let us make man in our image. In first, 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 uh, Genesis chapter 1, 26 and 27, according to our likeness. See? Huh? Look what he says. According to our likeness, let them have dominium over the fish of the sea, over the fish of the sea, the birds and the cattle, and over everything that's in the earth that is creeping in the earth. Now, when God created man in our in our image, this image of God in Christ is out of his spirit. He created from the heavens. So in essence, Christ is God's image. As the invisible God in Colossians 1.15 and the firstborn of all creation. But the Holy Spirit God made in their likeness was according to God in Christ's likeness. That means God in Christ made their likeness from the earth that God created in the beginning. So the earth which, the Holy, which is the Holy Spirit was formed from in the likeness of God in Christ's image. Uh-oh. And God gave the Holy Spirit that was in the image and in the image of God and the image of God, in the image of Christ dominion. So we actually being the Holy Spirit that was created from the earth that was in the likeness of God in his image of him in Christ has dominion eh, over all flesh. Thank glory.
So we have to realize that you have dominion. He was talking about the Holy Spirit. He wasn't talking about Adam. Adam wasn't even formed yet. But what he put inside of Adam, who was the male and the female, he gave them dominion over all flesh because they came from out of the earth. So now we have possession of something we haven't taken place, we haven't taken place yet. So if the church and the sons and daughters and spiritual church leaders are given the huh, power to death, see death, which is darkness, still seems like it has power over the earth that he gave us dominion. Hmm? If you have no dominion, you have no power. So God is telling us the word that was made flesh in 1 John. In John chapter 1, 14, had the image of the flesh of God in Christ, according to God in Christ's image. Before the word was made flesh 42 generations later. So even the earth has the form of God and Christ's image and thought it not robbed to be equal with God. Before the word became flesh, long, long before the word became, long, long before the word became flesh, long, long, a long time ago, before the word became flesh, come on, the earth had to hear the voice of God and the voice of Christ in order to be in God and in Christ's likeness to have their image. See, my sheep Hear my voice, and I know them. So the earth was considered a sheep when Christ and God spoke to him, and the earth said, and I know them. And the reason church folks and Christians and believers and saints of God and spiritual church leaders don't know God's form is because they don't hear the voice of God. Even God, two sons, who is Christ and who is the Holy Spirit that was named Jesus or Emmanuel, has to obey God's voice. Christ teaches us in order for us to have the form of God, we have to obey Christ's voice. Why? Because no one can come to God and be in his form unless we obey Christ's voice. John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life and they shall never perish or they shall never die. Neither shall anyone snatch them from out of my hand. Even the earth, huh? The heavens and the earth shall be, but the, but the earth shall abide forever. One generation pass away, another generation come, but the earth shall abide forever. And I give them eternal life. I give the earth eternal life. And they shall never perish or they shall never die. Neither shall anyone snatch them. Even the earth won't let darkness snatch them from out of the hand of God. My father who has given me, has given them to me, is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. John 10, 30 says, I and my father are one. If we are going to walk and be in the form of God, we must first hear the voice of Christ's teaching. 
Christ's teaching bring us into the form of God. How we know that? Because Christ know who, who obey his voice and he know who follow and believe in him. This is the key, or these are the keys, huh? These, these are they who Christ give eternal life to. And this is the key that they receive. He said, I shall give them the keys of the kingdom. So these are the, this is the keys, and these are they who give, he give eternal life to. And he blessed them with the form of God and declared to us that once you are in the form of God and know that you have eternal life, being in God's form, no one can pluck you or snatch you from out of his hand. Nor his father's. But no one has to pluck you or snatch you out of God's hand. If you just walking right across the street, you pressing a button, huh? Waiting for the light to change, huh? To the green light and just walk over there where death is at. He don't need to snatch you from out of your hands when you die. Oh, tomorrow is not promised, huh? Oh, we all have to die. He don't need to snatch you. He don't need to keep you in his hand. You just simply sneak out the house. And he or she that abides in the house of God shall dwell forever. You sneak out of the house. You know when we was kids. I know I ain't the only one that was snuck out of the house after curfew, huh? Act like I was asleep. Made a little pillow like I was laying there. Huh? Thank God, that's Lee. As Lee had all the attention on him, thank God, mama can come look for me. She came looking for him, but I'm out there with S. Lee. We out there and snuck out the house. So those who sneak out the house, he don't have to snatch out of their hand. They voluntarily, huh? They voluntarily go to where they shouldn't be. Being in the form of God is powerful. But the three Hebrew boys found this out in the most horrific way you can possibly imagine. They knew that the enemy couldn't pluck them from out of his hands. I'm going to pick it up a little bit. Huh? The three Hebrew boys who originally named was Hananiah, Besiel, or Misael, and Azariah. But the chief of the eunuchs changed their names to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These three young men changed the course of religion thinking among those who called themselves believers of God. They opened up our understanding and comprehension by letting us know there is an unknown God that we previously discussed in a few episodes ago found in Acts 17.23 huh, that the church folks and the Christian folks and the believing folks and the spiritual church leaders worship without a clue that they are worshiping the unknown God. But these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, had a made-up mind that they would not, by any means necessary, that they would not bow down and worship the unknown God of an image of a king, even if it means going down to the pit, or going down to the grave, or going down to death. Even if that would take to get there, they were willing to go down to death, but they would not worship the image and how powerful is this pertaining to what they believe about eternal life 
And people have this concept, eternal life is after you die. How could it be? Them brothers said, look, even if we go down to the pit, even if we go down to the grave, even if you throw us in this furnace and we die in death, he says that I still will not serve. The image of the unknown God. I don't care if you are a king. I don't care if you are a spiritual church leader. I don't care if you are a bishop. I don't care if you are a apostle. I would not let you teach me to go down to the pit. But the spirit of him said in Peter, he says, Father, where will we go? You have the words of eternal life. Huh? These brothers Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they was given the instruction they was given in Christ from God. Apparently, these three young men knew something about God that King, King, King Nebuchadnezzar and the spiritual church leaders couldn't perceive or could or, could, or they could not comprehend or understand. Hmm? The king. That spiritual church leaders can't understand and comprehend the words of eternal life. And since they can't understand or comprehend, they teach their congregation and their members that is not true. And here the word of God says, I promise you eternal life. Because they can't perceive it or not understand, it does not make it untrue. Huh? And I want you to know, even King Nebuchadnezzar is a picture of the majority of spiritual church leaders today. And they demand their members and congregation huh, to worship and bow down and serve the image of an unknown God. And they don't have us the slightest idea that they are doing so. Because every time they teach their members and congregation, Christians and believers and saints of God, that we all have to die and tomorrow's not promised, huh? And when we die and life is too short, these spiritual church leaders are teaching their members and congregation to worship and serve the unknown God or the image of, the, of a statue that is not of God. Just like King Nebuchadnezzar was trying to get the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to do. But they stood their ground. Is there anybody out there that is willing to stand their ground and tell death, you have no power over me. You have no power over us. You have no power over those who know that they have been given and promised eternal life. And they said to themselves, and they stood their ground, and they said to the king, King Nebuchadnezzar, after you threatened me that they would be thrown in the midst of the burning fires furnace, look what these three young men told the king. Let's go to Daniel chapter 317. If that is, if that is what you are going to do, O king, Nebuchadnezzar, do what you got to do. See, that's how we supposed to feel about death. 
See, death can't interfere with the body that is made without hands, but he can interfere with the body that has sinned, that is dead, because you alive the body that is dead, you quicken the body that is dead that's with sin, and you give it back to the enemy as death. But if you keep that joker dead where sin belongs, see, sin belongs in a dead body. But eternal life belongs in the body from the 18 inches of your mind to your heart. Hmm? So our God, he says, look, young, do what you got to do, king. Because our God, who is the king of glory, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fire's furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand. He, even you can't pluck us. From out of my father's hand. See, this is how I know Christ was teaching these brothers. So let me keep going because I've got some ways to go and I got a little time to get there and we're going to do it today. These guys knew that Christ had given them eternal life and Christ knew that they were his sheep because they told the king Nebuchadnezzar, God would deliver us from out of your hand. Earlier, we read in John 10, 27, that no one, huh, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I will give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, even in the fires, in the burning fiery furnace, neither shall anyone snatch them from out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than them all. Even you, King Nebuchadnezzar, no one is able to snatch us from out of our Father's hand. Huh? Because me and my Father is one. Y'all thought Christ only taught Jesus how to think it was not right to be equal with God. He even taught the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, how to walk in the form of God and think it not robber to be equal with God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is the highest epitome or the highest person that is perfection of a particular quality of knowing that they have been given eternal life through the eternal spirit of Christ. Let's look at the book of Daniels again. Being in the form of God is powerful. Daniels chapter 3 verse 22. Therefore, because the king commandment was urgent and the furnace exceedingly, the furnace exceedingly seven times hotter, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. See, death will grab those who are lacking. Those who are interested in death, death grabbed those too, although they still on the same team. He don't care who he take. He's just looking for someone to take. And if you are volunteering your spirit and your body to death, you are actually not a part of the spirit of him. And the promise of our father. So the seven times harder when the men decide they was going to bound these men. Let's go to verse 23 in Daniel. And these men, Shadrach and Meshach, was a, a bendigo, fell down bound into the midst of the burning fire's furnace. 
Then King Nebuchadnezzar, King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to the counselors, uh, huh, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? And he said to the king, they said to the king, O oh, true, O oh, king, look, he answered in 25, I see four men loose. Walking in the midst of the fire And they are not hurt And the form And the form I'm going to say that again And the form of the fourth one Is like the son of God Come on This is heavy Why? Because the three of them Plus the one Brings us into the form Huh? The three of them plus the one bring us into the form of God. What do you mean by that, Pastor Dean? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is the three. And you and me make the fourth. Or if we are born of the Father or of the Son and of the Holy Spirit makes us the fourth person in the form of God. And we have the mind of Christ and being in the form of God through Christ who make us not robbery to be equal with God. Because those who are born of God is now equal with God. See, you can't be born of God and in sin and in his form. You got to be born of God, know that you have no sin and that you are in the form of God. And he don't mind if you think it's, he don't think it's robbery when you think it's, when you think you're equal with him. Because when the Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they told King Nebuchadnezzar, look, man, I know that he can still deliver us. And even if he don't deliver us, he will still keep us from out of your hand. He was really in essence, they was really in essence telling the king, hey, man, look here, we are in the form of God. These brothers knew that they had eternal life. You can't be born of God. You can't have eternal life, huh? If you don't think you are in the form. Because the form is the eternal. The eternal glory of God's form is the image of Christ, the invisible God that, you, that has been formed in you. Oh, I got to get out of that. So now, Meshach, excuse me, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these three men is teaching us if we believe that God has promised us eternal life and that this life eternal is given through his eternal son, Christ. That even being thrown in the midst of the burning forest furnace can't stop the eternal power of God. Oh, we got somewhere. I'm telling you, brothers, y'all just hang in there with me today. I got about five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten more minutes. Being in the form of God is powerful. Let's read Daniel 3.25 again. Look what it says. And King Nebuchadnezzar answered and said, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. God as our Father, Christ as God's Son, and the Holy Spirit as God has replaced the three Hebrew men, Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, and the fourth one who is Christ in the burning fire furnace is now us. 
game. Because if we are going to take on the form of God in 2024 and think it's not robbery to be equal with God, we are going to have to have the mind of Christ. He taught Shadrach. See, Christ taught Shadrach. See, Christ taught Meshach. See, Christ taught Abednego pertaining to God has promised us eternal life, living forever and not dying through his eternal son, Christ. First John 5.11 tells us about the testimony and the promises of God. He has promised us through his eternal son and his eternal glory, through his eternal spirit. Now, if Daniel 3.25 is not a clear picture of this and has, God has promised us eternal life, I don't know what is. The power of God. And being in the form of God is a powerful thing. It's powerful. Look what the king said to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego after they proved to him as a king to the image of the unknown God. He wanted them to bow down and worship. What if we did that in 2024? What if we start that right now today? Look in Daniel 3.26, and then King Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning fire from and spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego came from the midst of the burning fire from y'all. And the Sestraps or the provincial, provincial governors in the Persian Empire, the administrators, the governors, and the king's counselor gathered together. See, that's what's going to happen in the earthly realm. In the next few months, in the next few days, these things is going to come to pass because this is a prophecy. And I want you to realize this is what's going to happen in 2024 when the words of eternal life and that death cannot touch us and death has no power over those who have the eternal glory and the eternal body of God. So Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, these men and whose bodies that were seven times burning, fire is furnished, had no power, huh? That even the hair of their head was not singed. Nor were their garments affected. And the smell of fire was not on them. Now, if you believe in the Bible, you believe in scriptures, this is you, this is something you're gonna have to believe. And it wasn't just a coincidence like they taught us when we was being taught back in the days and still being taught. They teaching this like this is a coincidence that this took place. But this is prophecy. And if God has an illustration of this, he has to have an illustration of when he's going to come again. Come on. This is what Christ was praying in on. He was praying on our behalf to God in the last prayer in John 17, 15. And Christ said in his prayer to God, I do not pray that you should take them from out of the world, but that you should keep them from evil. 
Let me say that again. Christ said in his last prayer to God, I do not pray that you should take them from out of the seven times burning fire's furnace, but that you, Father God, protect them from death when they are thrown into the seven times burning fire's furnace and bring them out of the burning fire's furnace in the form of you and you and me, God. Why? Because the three young men, Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, have the mind of me, your son Christ. And these young men think it not robbery to be equal with you, God, although they are in the appearance of a man. Come on and know that they are in the form of you, God, being in the form of God is powerful. Now, if these three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, survived in the fire's furnace that was seven times higher than normal, how much more will we survive when the heavens and the earth we live in today, right now, are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men? Because the day of God will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat, both the earth and the heavens will melt with fervent heat and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, furthermore, therefore, and furthermore, therefore, and furthermore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of person are you to be in holy conduct, in godliness, and in eternal life? Looking forward and hastening for the coming of the day of God because of which the heavens and the earth will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent fire in 2 Peter 3, 7 through 13. Says this, what I'm, 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 I'm teaching right now. This is what the heavens and the earth going to melt in the fervent heat. Meaning that's not just seven times, that sounds like 14 times. Huh? Like Christ says, how much should you give a man of his sins? Seven times seven. That sounds like 14 times. Hmm? Seven times seven is 49. I don't want you to think I don't know what seven times seven is. But 14 times. Say glory. Look what he says. But nevertheless, let me say this again. But nevertheless. We are calling to the promises of God. This is in verse 13, 2 Peter, chapter 3. This is heavy. I'm almost closing, my brothers and sisters. This is heavy. Look what the word of God says. See, Christ gave us that illustration, and he was in the form. Now, we started out way in Philippians 2, huh? 2 verse 5. Huh? Let this mind that be in you be also in Christ Jesus, who was in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Hey, even unto the place of death, even unto the cross. Look where we're at. So now we was in Daniel's cave, showing you about the form and how they got in the form. Now this is teaching. Now we finna show you with this form that you need this form for. The purpose of this form that you are in in eternal glory is for the fervent heat. When the heaven, when the heavens and the earth is melting, Jesus Christ. 
If they would stood in the bottom of the pit where heat and seven times forest furnace heat, the burning forest furnace, could not touch or singe on their body, even their hair. He had Jerry juice, Jericho juice in his head, grease in his head. You know, all that attracts fire. Hmm? Not even their clothes. Y'all got to get me out of this here. So now let's go to 2 Peter 3, 7, or 3, 13. Looking for, look, look, 3, 13. But, nevertheless, let me say that again. But, nevertheless, we are calling to the promises of God and his eternal glory is looking for a new heaven and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Hey, if you've been with me for a while, you already know what I'm about. Where righteousness dwells. A new heaven and a new earth. When the heavens and the earth burned up in a fervent fire, there's only a few people. A select few people who's going to get to abide forever in the new heaven. And the new earth at that particular time. High glory. Because there is a reward just like it was for the three Hebrew boys. Come on. Don't you do know the three Hebrew boys still alive right now? Huh? You may have met him yesterday. You may have met him the other day. But they are still in the earth whether you met them or not. See? Because they was in the form that abides forever. So the earth, according to the promises of God, the heavens, according to the promise of God's eternal glory, is looking for a new heaven. And a new, even the heavens and the earth need somewhere else to abide at if the heavens and the earth don't abide forever. So the forest furnace is not going to even bother them. That the earth and the word of God shall abide forever, which is the which is where righteousness dwells. And if Proverbs 12:28 says, in the way of righteousness is eternal life, and there is no death in its path. Let's go back to 2 Peter 3:13. But nevertheless, we who believe in eternal life and know that we have eternal life through God, eternal glory, and eternal Son Christ, and through his eternal promise and his eternal glory, is looking for a new heaven and a new earth in which eternal life, the eternal life of God, is where we're going to dwell because of he promised us through his son and his eternal spirit to walk and dwell in his eternal glory. It's looking to be with God. It's looking to be with his eternal son Christ for a thousand years and a thousand 
thousand years is like a one day in the sight of God with the Son of Christ. How do we know that God is able to perform that which he has promised? Because you do know that God promised us eternal life. So in essence and in retrospect, we know that God is able to perform that in which he promised. Because God is not slack concerning his promise as some count slackness. But it's long-suffering toward us. Why? Because God is not willing that anyone, that's including you and that's including me, huh, should perish or die but to dwell in the house of God forever and repent if you had not yet to get there. If God preserved the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who was the servants of the Most High God, how much more will he preserve us when the Hebrew bars, or when the heavens and the earth melt with a vervent heat? How much more will he? Will he do it? Won't he do it? Will he do it? Won't he do it? Do you believe thou this? Will he do it? Do you believe it? But there are some who are out there will not believe. According to John 26, Christ said, but you do not believe because you do not, because you are not my sheep. And as I said to you, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. The Hebrew boys followed Christ all the way in the fiery furnace that was seven times hotter and did not change their mind. Now, if I was taught from the whosoever moved back to church back in the days where I come from, I'd say, hey, man, look here. Where you want me to nail that? <laughs> hey, hey, man, you got to run? You got something so I won't hurt my knees? You got something I can nail on? Huh? But them boys took their rug, and they say, even if you try to take me, my father wouldn't let you deliver me or deliver us from out of our hands. Christ is teaching us, my brothers and sisters, and I give them eternal life. And they shall not perish or die, even when heavens and the earth melt in a fervent fire. Even then they will not perish or die, because they can't be snatched from out of my Father's hands. But for those who believe in when you die, and tomorrow's not promised, we will, uh, will not testify of the Father. These are they who will not testify of the Father. These are them who will not testify of the Father who sent me as to Christ. Why? Because they have neither heard his voice at any time during this sermonic presentation, and neither has they seen his form. Why? Because God's form is the image of Christ's voice. Yeah. Let me say that again. God's form is the image of Christ's voice because Christ is the image of the invisible God and the voice of God is invisible in Christ's form. And his words that abide in you and his words that abide in me, huh? Because most people don't have these words and don't believe that God has sent Christ who is the one who is our only teacher. 
And how we know this, because in John 5, 39, in closing, my brothers and sisters, because if you would search the scriptures, you would think you have eternal life. And, and these, there's a reason that most people don't know they have been promised eternal life is that you refuse to testify of Christ, who, had, who God testified of himself, that he gave us eternal life through his eternal son, Christ. This is the reason the people of God is dying at a higher rate today. Because they don't know the voice of God. The voice of God's form and the voice of God's Son. Who is the form of God's voice? Being in, the, being in the form of God is powerful. Do you think it's not Robert to be equal with God and have his form? Because in the beginning, God created and made you and me in his image and in his form on the sixth day. And he rested on the seventh day. Being in the form of God is a power, very powerful concept. And it's so real. God is looking for those who are going to believe him at his word. My brothers and sisters, hey. Being in the form of God is so powerful. You are in something that you have a comprehension of now. Because God's been using us to be him since he created us as him, as a male and a female, way in the beginning, out of the terrestrial and from out of the celestial, out of his son Christ and out of his son, the Holy Spirit, who he named Jesus. He got Jesus to be named the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit to be named Jesus. And Jesus' name had became Christ and Christ has became the Father. I was sin, the promise of my Father, so that you can become huh, the form of God. If you hear my voice right now, he says that I have sent the promise of my father so that you'll be endowed with the voice and the form of God. This is Pastor D. Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. May God bless you and your family forever. Amen. Thank you, my brothers and sisters. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. 